Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the baseball podcast. I am your co-host, Tom Quirk, and I'm here with Ethan Pachersky. Ethan, um, you have a few words for, for our loving fans. Do I have some words for our adoring fan base? Uh, I would like to say hello. I hope you're all doing well. Tom, how is your Phillies fandom doing? My fandom's not doing too well. Well, I would say that they're off to a little bit of a rocky start. Uh, taking two out of three from the A's is, I mean, a win's a win, but uh, the two A's wins are, are two wins. That's true. Yeah, two wins are two wins. The yeah. A's are terrible. You know what it is? You know what it is? Can I, because I just realized I, I wrote an article earlier, right, a couple weeks ago about how I'm grateful mm-hmm. for the Phillies because they're trying, and I stand by every word. That is still true. That's One thing, it is at all still true, and I'm not bummed out. Like, I think the Phillies, they got plenty of time to turn around. I'm not, you know what I mean? I don't know if they will or they won't, but they got plenty of time all to right. turn around. I don't love Joe Girardi. And I think I forgot about that during this offseason. I think I didn't have as much of an opinion because the Phillies weren't particularly good during his reign until now. They've been very like, oh, yeah, they're going to be 500 this year. I really dislike how old school he is. I don't like that he constantly plays Johan Camargo over Alec Bohm. Like, you have to give Alec Bohm a chance. Right. I don't like like he loves his veterans like Ronald Torres last year. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, Ronald Torres. I'm sure he's a great guy, and I actually I'm sure he's like a very Ronald nice Torres. <laughs> but Ronald Torres got entirely too much playing. Exactly. Yeah, I don't. I don't love Joe Girardi. I don't. You know what it is? Mm. I don't like that. It seems like fielding is the most important thing in his mind. Fielding is a very important part of the game. I want everyone to be able to field. Alec Bowman a three hour a three error night, and then he sat him the next two days. First of all, he's 25, and he's like a top. He's a former top prospect. You got to give him playing time. Second, yeah. second of all, you're playing Johan Camargo. And dude, I don't actually mind Johan Camargo that much. No, he's like, fine. He's fine. Johan Camargo. You know why you play Johan Camargo on this team is if you trade Alec Bohm. <laughs> right. That's right. why Johan Camargo becomes like. This I like person. Johan Camargo. He's a very nice bench piece. Yeah. And I want to say apologies to the Johan Camargo estate. I'm sure he's a very nice guy. One of the few Panamanians in Major League Baseball right now. Mm-hmm. But I don't love that Johan Camargo now seems to be a starting player over Alec Bohm. I feel like that was entirely too fast. Yeah. Um, the Phillies, I don't know what it is. And this might be, I might be making this up a little bit. But in my experience, the Phillies tend to not really wait for prospects to get good which is a little bit of a problem because the Phillies do not develop talent well at all. Nope. So they are not like the angels or like the nationals or the Padres who are bringing up these rookies, the angels who are really good right off the bat. And what I mean, is like trout, you know, like there, there are increasingly guys who come up and are just amazing right out of the gate. Right. The Phillies. Soto and like a trout was like that. Tatis was like that that kind of guy the Phillies don't develop that nope. so they get more like old school prospects who need more seasoning to start to unlock that potential and they are not having it they're like nope yeah he had a couple of bad games he struck out a couple times send him back right back down to AAA and then they trade him and then they become good on a different team <laughs> you know the, it, it, this is kind of the Phillies MO 
and it looks like they might be shaping up to do this with Bohm. I hope they don't do it with Bohm and a little bit more urgently. I hope they don't do it with Bryce and Stott. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because now one thing that happened recently with Alec Bohm, and I think this is a cool baseball story, is he had a three error night. He had three errors in the first two or three innings. It was rough. He he looked like, you know what I mean? He was a statue at third. It was a bad game. It was a bad game. You know what I mean? It wasn't like it he really got a was. couple of bad hops. He just played poorly. But that's okay. That kind of thing happens. You know what I mean? They ended up winning the game anyway. Alec Bohm had a bad night, and he started getting booed, right? Mm-hmm. Philadelphia, that kind of thing happened. Yeah, that happens to everybody in Philadelphia. He got booed, and then he, he botched three balls in the first two or three innings. And then he fielded a grounder cleanly in like the third or fourth inning. And it was the first one that he got and that he had botched and people started cheering. That's kind of funny, but sarcastic cheering sarcastic is always going to be funny. If you're Alec Bohm, though, I understand how that can like hurt your feelings. Right. And especially, in the yeah. heat of the moment, you know what I mean? Like it'd be one thing if you carried a grudge, but just in the heat of the moment, he was bummed out about it. I understand. Right. If I were at work and somebody started roasting me, I, I can understand getting upset. Yeah, let's say that you've you've accidentally put too much uh, espresso in three straight coffees. Right, when, people might think that I'm bad at my job, which I am. Yeah, when your workers cheer, when you make the fourth <laughs> one right, you're going to be like, all right, guys. I'll exactly, work. yeah, you might be like, cool it, cool it. Alec Bohm, unfortunately, was caught on live television mouthing the words, I effing hate this place, referring to Citizens Bank Park and the right. rough Philadelphia yeah. crowds, right? Yes, Philly in I, general. Well, I have exactly. lived in the Philadelphia suburbs my whole life. I agree 100% with Alec Bohm's sentiments. I hate Philadelphia. I yeah, hate there, the way there's something to treat, that for sure. <laughs> I hate the way people treat other people around here. And I'm not one to feel bad for athletes, really, because like it's your job. If you get booed, you get booed. But I understand that it's not his favorite place to to work. It's a work environment, and he doesn't yeah. like the work environment. I understand. Here's the here's the point. The, the what I'm getting at. Alec Bohm was caught on TV saying that immediately everybody came out of the woodwork. I don't think Philly's the place for him. If he can't handle it, he shouldn't be playing in Philadelphia. If this is how he's going to be at three or nine, how's he? Whatever. People are silly. It's Twitter. You know what I mean? It's a cesspool. Right, yeah. Anyway, people started jumping on him. Okay, you know, whatever. It's not that big of a story. However, what happened was, obviously, in the locker room after the game, a reporter came up to him and basically asked him, Alec, what happened? And to his credit, Alec Bohm's 25 years old. He's the same age as me, right? Mm-hmm. Alec Bohm had a camera in his face on national television. And he went, I'm sorry. I don't have the quote in front of me. But essentially what he said was, I said something in the heat of the moment. I was just upset. I was having a bad night. These fans deserve better. And they just want us to win. And that was the perfect way to handle it. You know what I mean? He just right, took- I might refer to that as poise. Poise, exactly. And, and honestly- You might call that a class act. Right, exactly. <laughs> and he could have made something up and said, no, no, I, I hate these plays or something like that. No, no, I was talking about- He didn't, you know what I mean? He said, yeah. I said what I said and I shouldn't have said. And he's representing his employer, right? He's representing the Philadelphia Phillies on national TV. So even if he doesn't change his mindset or whatever, you shouldn't be saying stuff like that. I get it. You know what I mean? You should say that in the privacy of the clubhouse to another player, something like that. You know, he got, he got busted. That happens. Alec Bohm handled it perfectly. And what, what was really cool was it's Philadelphia and people are nuts. And I thought honestly that this was going to be the kind of thing where as soon as it happened, it didn't matter what he said after that, people were going to be like, Alec Bohm's terrible. And he, he hates Philadelphia. And I love Philadelphia. You know what I mean? Yeah. They were just going to hate him. Right, I thought Yo, gonna- I got the Philly skyline tattooed on my back, dude. And <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Alec Bohm's guys- going to trash that. Exactly. A bunch of guys, guys that got like the love park tattoo right here. Uh, dude. Anyway, uh. he, 
I thought it didn't matter what he was going to say. And I wrote an article in defense of Alec Boehm that night saying Alec Boehm showed like true integrity. He did the best that he could. He messed up and then he came out and he, asked, you know, he apologized and, and he just said he's gonna do better. That's all I can ask. for. Right. Anyway, I thought I was going to be speaking to the void. The next day, they, Joe Girardi gave Alec Boehm the night off. I understand. He had a three-air night. You know, okay, let him clear his head. He played Johan Camargo. Alec Bohm pinch hit later in the game, and he got a standing ovation. That's awesome, Tom. And I will never say that I'm proud right. to be from Philadelphia because I hate Philadelphia, and I don't want to live right. here. But that was the closest I've ever come right. to being like, Philadelphians are being very cool right now. You, you know guys I mean? like how we're burning our bridges with the the – area that we live like yo listen i live in philly i hate everybody here just so you know if you live here like if you thought you were one of my friends and you live in philadelphia you're not (laughs) we're coming with that energy and then we're like yeah but you know they clapped for a guy (laughs) really though i was very impressed and 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 i don't know how this is going to affect alec bone moving forward i don't know if he has the right mindset to play in philadelphia tom and frankly i don't care I just like that this happened. And I like, honestly, that it worked out for everyone involved. I think that's very nice. Yeah. And you and know also- what? I have seen people saying, and I agree with this sentiment. I think, was it Selecki who said, I would buy a I effing hate this place t shirt? Oh, yeah. I, oh, yeah. I would buy one of those in a I second. I would totally buy one of those. And who hasn't thought that? And I think it was, I think it was like John Boy or somebody like that. Maybe it was like a Phillies podcast. I forget. But I heard somebody saying, Alec Bohm's at work. You know what I mean? He's yeah. at work. When he's playing baseball, he's at work. And I, okay, like he's playing a kid's game. He's getting a lot of money. The point is he's at work. It's his job. It's his full-time yeah. job. Who had a terrible night at work. Right. Who hasn't been at work and everything's gone wrong? I'm at work and one of the espresso machines goes down and the line's out the door and we run out of all these milks. And I want to kill myself. I hate it. You know what I mean? And yeah. I might look at somebody and go, I hate this place. That's what Alec Bohm did. Yeah. Everybody's done that. You know what I mean? Dude, I used to work in a pharmacy and I had it one day where I went in and I was just like, dude, I am not having this. I don't want to be here. It's like seven o'clock in the morning. I I used to work at Rite Aid and I told myself I wasn't going to do pharmacy again, but like it pays better than the other stuff I was looking at. So here we are. This morning that I was there, I was getting all these sweet old ladies who just wanted to be like, you know, I just really want to thank you for working, you know, through the pandemic. And I was just looking at them and being like, next. <laughs> and they're like, they're like, you know, you're just, you guys are really just doing the Lord's work. Next. <laughs> I was like the soup Nazi, you know, like, yeah. dude, I was not having it. I was actually intentionally being mean to customers. Nice. As like, like talking about it in this light like i almost feel like alec bohm was doing that except all the customers are in the crowd and he's like talk to him he's just pissed off yeah and he he just walked past one of his co-workers who hasn't shredded the people you know the fans the customers like gosh yeah you know like when you walk back behind like back where the office is at starbucks if you walk past like somebody that you know and you're in a bad mood and you, you like make eye contact with them and you know they are too you know you're gonna be like dude this place <laughs> it's all that's the same thing it's just that you Absolutely. know we you don't know make it's like in the, it's like in dollars the, a night it's like in the bible when they bring the the adulterous woman in front of jesus and he goes let he who is without sin cast the first stone yeah there we are yeah see like, this whether, is a religious podcast now yeah i was gonna say it doesn't um, yeah like whether or not you know you're christian or whatever that's such a good like way to you know what i mean of being like all right we've all done the exact same thing let it yeah, go can we talk about how jesus dropped some hot lines 
<laughs> yeah, like that one. Uh, was it the the remove the log from your own eye before you crit? Was it before you criticize the spec in another? Yes. By the way, Buddha, Jesus, and like Confucius, Confucius. yeah, uh, arguably the top three MCs of all time. Float machines. <laughs> so, Ethan, you know, let me ask you this: Is there anything special going on in this week's podcast? Is there any reason to be here that our fans should know about? So really what you're asking is, if you're someone listening, why would you stick around if it's just us? Right, because obviously if it's just us, you're like, all right, listen, I got other podcasts. We're, yeah, we're not people you want to <laughs> listen to. Funny you should say that, Tom. Today's guest on the baseball podcast is a guy yeah. named Paul Convoy. Paul Convoy, Tom, and audience, is the president of Baseball Scotland. He's been the head coach of the really? Scottish national team for a long time. And he basically is just a central figure in Scottish baseball culture. And so we reached out to Paul. He very graciously agreed to come on the podcast. And we're going to have a really cool chat just about the baseball culture in Scotland, how Paul grows the game there. Also, Paul's journey uh, into being a baseball fan and a Phillies fan in particular. Right, which we can relate to again. We can absolutely relate to. And we're going to talk to him just about how he's growing the game, what he sees coming up in the future, how it's changed just in his time in, uh, you know, in, in his position as president of baseball Scotland. Um, and also, if you can help out, they're accepting donations of equipment, obviously of money, of things like that. So if you just want to reach out on Baseball Scotland, on Baseball or Twitter, they're more than happy to talk to you about, you know, setting up shipping. And and the most important thing, I said this later, I'm going to say it again. If you give, if you give you know, money or equipment to Baseball Scotland, it's not just helping guys play on a Saturday morning and have fun. It's helping people who don't know anything about baseball, or very little at least, learn the game of baseball. And I think that's really important to do because here in America, everybody grows up with baseball. Everybody grows up with equipment in Scotland. It's not so easy. It's hard to get. It's really expensive. So if you guys can do anything to help out, I'm going to try and send them some stuff. If you guys can, you know, just have some stuff like some balls lying around, reach out to Paul, see if you can set something up. So what you're saying is that baseball in Scotland is sort of like, it's sort of baseball's young and we need to incubate it. That's what you're saying. Yes, that's exactly right. Baseball is in a petri dish in Scotland, yeah. and we're responsible a, for helping it grow. It's it's a beautiful uh, it's a beautiful egg, and we need to help it to hatch. It, it is. So anyway, no one's interested in just us talking about Paul. Let's right. get Paul on the show to speak for himself. Here it is. I hope you guys enjoy. Paul Convoy, welcome to the show. Thanks for coming on. Welcome aboard, Paul. Why don't we just start off? Why don't you tell us what you do with Baseball Scotland? Hey, so. Uh, so my name is Paul Convoy. I am the the current head uh, of Baseball Scotland, and the supposedly league president of the Scottish National Baseball League. So, Paul, I talked to you in the past, and uh, but for our listeners, how would you describe baseball in Scotland? You know, in terms of interest, in terms of people, you know, playing and all of that. Uh, we we are a very niche sport, as you can imagine. All right, yeah, Scotland, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> Yeah, Scotland's predominantly football and rugby based. Um, anything else other than kicking a ball seems to be <laughs> a little bit difficult to get into. But we're we're doing our best. We are growing exponentially. It seems each year. Um, I like to hear that. That's yeah. good news. Yeah, we're 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 slowly getting there. We've got maybe fifty percent of the league now actual Scottish players, <laughs> as opposed really? to our nationality under the sun, but. Yeah, it's it's a real a real community vibe to the the league because it is so small. I suppose is is one bonus. Okay, 
what's the uh the range of talent level like because i imagine if it's if it's got that men's league vibe and you guys are kind of like it sounds like recruiting is still like a huge priority for you guys there's probably going to be a little bit of like you know being that it's in scotland and it's niche i'm sure it's like okay you're interested in baseball welcome aboard (laughs) i assume you guys are trying to move past that a little bit but uh like what's the floor and what's like the ceiling of the talent level over there so in years gone past we've had just a few a a full mix of of teams if you Mm -hmm. have played baseball in the past Welcome. Right. Want to play baseball? Welcome. But this year we've just branched out into what we're calling a triple A league Ooh, and a single okay. league to try and match the rest of the UK. Um, and we have players playing at a triple A level that are former college level or even former draft picks that have been like, really? oh, yeah, there's, there's a player in Edinburgh, uh, Luis Marino, who was drafted by the Brewers uh, a while back before he had a motorcycle accident. So there's there's some serious players here. But then, of course, we have complete rookies who have just picked up a baseball on a bat at the age of 30 in Scotland, saying, right. I-, I like this sport, can I play? <laughs> and yeah. that's what the Premier League's for. And it's, 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 so far, it's, it's been a real success. I think we've got a proper competitive league now. And we're also allowing brand new players to come in and pick up the sport for the first time. It's great. Mm-hmm. Do you throw all these people onto the same field and just kind of say, like, all right, figured out, or do you have like training sessions or things like that to get people interested? Because you said people just pick up a bat for the first time. Do you show them how to play it all beforehand, or do you just kind of put them on the field and say, "Let's see what happens"? I kind of mix of both. Right. <laughs> we have training sessions, but uh, with the Scottish weather, it can be tricky. Right, <laughs> and because of that, we only play like between sixteen and twenty games a year. Um, right, we, we only play on Sundays. It's it's difficult to get. A player, a player game time so as soon as they are able to not take a fly ball to the face or a sharp ground ball to the, the shins you know and collapse on the field we let them get a chance okay yeah. um, and so far it's paying off <laughs> yeah so when I was uh running my league I don't run it anymore um I play for a different team now I play for the Minutemen this team but uh yeah like we had a lot of the same thing and what what I liked was when you could watch somebody go from like we had a couple of guys who would come in and you're like oh my god dude does this guy like know how to play baseball like he's like got a left hand glove and he's left-handed and you're like geez dude like that's no no get the other one that sort of thing and we would watch these guys mature into like actual good players and i thought it was really gratifying yeah, I assume you've probably had at least one or two guys who it turns out like, oh, you actually have like a lot of talent for this sport and just nobody showed you. Yeah, you know? <laughs> um, that is one of the most rewarding things about mm-hmm. the position I'm in is seeing these players grow. Um, we've had a, a kid, uh, he was granted, he's not Scottish, he's Venezuelan by, by birth. Right. He came up here with his parents Um his father was a former draft pick, I believe, for the Mariners before okay. uh, serious injury. Um, this kid went to school in Fife in Scotland. He played on the men's team in Edinburgh at the age of 14, up, up to the age of 14, I think. And then Scottish education kind of got a bit dull for him. So he managed to get a place uh, in a school in Florida. And then he got drafted to the major leagues uh, with, with the Padres last year. He's deferred back to college. Really? And he's now projected to be a third round draft pick next year. 
That's awesome. Wow. That's, that's really cool. So, so, so more so so like trained and developed in Scotland. Is that what you're saying? No, no, it's always <laughs> that's all genetics, I think. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, credit for it. But like yeah. if you can get that guy on Team Scotland, though, I mean that's a that's an asset at that point. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. We, we had him uh, we had him in a tournament in Belfast representing Scotland, so we've claimed him. <laughs> we played for the GB uh, national team in the European Championships this year as well. So GB have claimed them too. <laughs> for the World Baseball Classic, there's a team Great Britain, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, hypothetically, would Scottish players go to that team or is there a Scotland specific team? Like there's an Ireland specific team. Like, how does that work? Now, players that play in Scotland are still eligible for the Great Britain national team. We have right. uh, one player based up here who plays, they played an under 23 team um, in the summer. Uh, Ren Quantrill he's he's phenomenal he actually turned up in Edinburgh I've never played before at the age of 15 and then by age like 20 he was being considered for GB national team so right nice. he's another success story he's a phenomenal athlete I assume that like we're kind of saying that a lot of the guys that you have on Team Scotland who are sort of like up there in talent I assume that like Great Britain is after them when like, you know, world stuff comes around, like the World Baseball Classic. Are you guys angling to try to like get into qualifiers at some point? Is that your like end goal here? A Scottish team will never make it that far. <laughs> no. Because we, we do affiliate with Team GB. We, we recognize GB as the national team and they are they are just off the qualifying level for the World Baseball Classic. Right. So if I could ask just... Because I got a little confused. So what you're saying, I want to make sure I got it right. What you're saying is, if let's say Scotland next year produced ten, you know, major league caliber players, right? They would then go to great to team Great Britain. You wouldn't yeah. form your own Scottish. Okay. okay, okay. I just want to make sure. Now that that makes sense. So okay. So what is the goal then in terms of? Because I because I know that in the past you've said that you're the the coach of the Scottish national team. Does that just mean you go and play tournaments as Scotland and then work a sort of a feeder up to the Great Britain team if if that's yeah, the case? Exactly. Okay. We don't at the Scottish national team to garner local interest and national interest because Scottish people are very proud to be called <laughs> Scottish. So <laughs> we get more uh, potential sponsors and media attention if we see all the Scottish national team. Right. <laughs> that makes sense. What I want to ask is. Is this a situation where, like, you guys could assert yourselves as, like, a national team and you just have chosen not to? Or is it, like, a issue with, like, where, you know, Scotland is technically part of the United Kingdom, so, you know, it doesn't work yeah. like that? Yeah, there's, it's a little bit of a hot topic in this country, but we are... We I are know, currently, yeah. <laughs> currently still part of Great Britain, yeah. <laughs> so what is the baseball infrastructure like in Scotland then, Paul? Like, you know, just in terms of, like, fields to play on, gloves and bats to use, that kind of thing. We have a, a diverse mix. And as I say, in, in the last, especially the last five years, the infrastructure really progressed exponentially. We've now got proper diamonds to play on with... You know, dirt infields, okay. but not dirt infield, but at least base paths. Yeah, yeah. In first base, a proper bound, not a home play, that kind of stuff. Edinburgh's still lacking in that. The council are causing me grief. But <laughs> uh, the, the rest of the country, we've only got like four fields um, one in Edinburgh, one in Glasgow, one in Aberdeen, and one just outside Dundee. Okay. Um, so we have four clubs, but within those four clubs, there's 10 teams. So it's, you know, it, Comes and goes a little bit. Wait, ten teams in on each 
like club or is it 10 teams total 10 teams total yeah okay okay so that's, that's like, not a half bad league though honestly 150 players right something like yeah. that like over two yeah. yeah i mean bunch of that's, people who are no longer playing that's, 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 yeah, that's honestly pretty comparable to a lot of the the like local leagues around here like it's pretty much the same arrangement yeah you know the united states being like a whole lot bigger than scotland you know right. I, I would assume that like in in terms of like the area that you guys represent with that league it's actually it sounds like it's a surprisingly kind of robust situation yeah we're, we're doing all right <laughs> thankfully i like i like to hear that so one of the things that i want to ask you about paul i heard you on um ball caps yeah. and bagpipes yeah ball caps and bagpipes. Oh, that's a good right. name it's, it's I, yeah it's a good name <laughs> I, I heard you on there and you're talking about your end of season awards uh for the the, the scottish uh baseball league that you run and one of the things i thought was interesting was you have a lot of women in your league which a lot of people like i mean i wouldn't have thought that initially how many women do you have and, and how has that gone well i've never excluded anyone from playing baseball in Scotland that's baseball Scotland's mission statement is that if you want to play you get to play regardless of you know sex race disability anything we'll, right. we'll find a way to to get you to play baseball if you want to play right. um, and we have had some extremely talented women enter this league that it's hard to deny them the opportunity to play and perform I mean the 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 gold glove shortstop this year in the league was Marina De Angelis, a Canadian uh, who's living up in Dundee. Okay. Plays with Tapor Breakers, and she was a close running for league MVP as well. And she's wow, absolutely phenomenal player. Um, and we've had other women who's just come and went in the league that have always shown a bit of talent. Um, and we're sending players down to the GB women's team. Well, that's great. Formed officially last year. So. So do these women just pick it up or do they come from like a softball background? A bit of both. Um, okay. So it's, it's a little bit of both. And because we've actively ad- advertised that women are part of the league and we're trying to set up our own women's teams, right. create a women's league, you know, just for them to feel a bit more comfortable to play, we get a lot more interest now. Um, right. And that's, that, that's good. So let me ask you this. About a year ago, maybe a little more than that, the the president or whatever of baseball great britain i forget exactly his title but jerry perez got in a lot of hot water because he, there was this uh advertisement i guess for lack of a better term that was put out like trying to get women into baseball in in the uk and mm-hmm. it had like a like a topless woman from behind right and it, it was like in bad taste right and so that was sort of a media firestorm right did that have any ill effects on baseball in scotland or the uk as a whole that you know of? i don't know if i had as bad an ill effect as it could have had. Um, right. We certainly didn't see an impact up in Scotland other than people being rather annoyed by it. Right. And a little right. bit right upset. And we threw our support right behind the the women that play the game who were upset. And said, rightfully so, the, the advert that was put out by the British Baseball Federation president at the time, uh, it was it was in very bad taste. And he, right. he apologised for it, um, but he's since stepped down. And being replaced, um, and you know, it's probably right to do so. Right. That kind of sounds like one of those things where it's like, I'm not sure why you thought that was necessary. Yeah. Like, there's a million different ways you could go with that ad. 
Well, and you I know, think the that thing sounds like a beer about, commercial. Anyway, we can go back to the, the good things about, about right. the UK. <laughs> so have you seen it grown? I mean, obviously you said it has been growing, but but how has that gone? Well, first of all, let me ask you this. How long have you been in the position that you are in baseball Scotland? And then how has it grown in your time in your time uh, there? Yeah, so I, I took over the league presidency probably officially in 2019. Okay. Um, maybe I was integrating into it in 2018. Uh, but 2019 was my official first year as as head of the league. Um, you know, since my time, I've managed to hold uh, an international tournament because we had the uh, the AAU from the USA come over, okay, play alongside a team from the north north of England, an all star team, and uh, also a Latino team from the south east of England or southwest. Really? Yes, yes, my apologies. <laughs> the yeah. southwest is, um, and we had a little four team tournament. And it was we had spectators out with hot dogs going. It was a fantastic event. We called it the Bobby Thompson Invitational. <laughs> oh, that's a good a good marketing. I like it. Had my own start, right? Yeah. yeah. As, as I say, of this year, no, COVID affected us in twenty twenty as it did everybody. Yeah. Uh, in twenty twenty one, we started off the the beginnings of a possible lower division to try and separate the elite players we've got. And the players are just looking to learn the game and you know not be as intense with these guys that are super competitive. Um and that went well. So we then this year started the triple A and single A divisions. Um so far we're in week three coming up. Right. <laughs> so far it's been very well received. Um and just seeing the the sort of more professional look to the game. I'm trying I'm trying to bring that to my my time in charge here. Um mm-hmm. pro- proper rules, proper etiquette <laughs> Proper right. when you say like a more professional look i'm gonna pull from my experience in like building up a team here and see if maybe it was like the same thing because what i remember is as our team got better we started bringing better players and everything yeah. there there hit a point where we were kind of like oh this actually kind of more closely resembles like when people who actually know what they're doing play baseball yes you know like routine plays generally get made that's ideal. You know, it's not like wild pitches every other pitch. Yeah. Like, do you guys have that effect where you're like, oh, this is starting to kind of resemble like, you know, when I watch a game on TV, like it's not the same speed, but it sort of looks like that. Yeah, this, especially at the, the AAA level. I think mm-hmm. uh, we've managed to retain some players that might have just came along and left had it not been that level. Um, right, yeah. Because, you know, if, if you've played at a higher level in the States and you come over here and see us you know, just fluffing every ground ball, not being able to turn ground, double plays and stuff like that. You, yeah. you, you kind of get a little bit dismayed, I think. That so happens I'm, over here too. Like yeah. when, got, like I played on some teams that were like, I, I like to, when I join a league, I like to just join a team where I'm going to get to play because, you know, yeah, I'm less worried about winning a title and more worried about like, I like playing baseball, so I'm going to go out there and do it. That's exactly Which right. means you end up on a lot of like, you know, bottom three teams in the league. And uh, I've joined new teams a lot. And, yeah, like, when you get guys who are, like, super good who get in on that team and then they start to lose and, like, make errors and the guys are like, all right, I'm going to go join a different team. I'm getting out of here. Yeah, yeah, it happens over here, too. Like, when guys know what they're doing and they're surrounded by guys who don't, they start to uh, peel off. So it definitely helps to, like, raise – like, it's kind of like the rising tide lifts all ships sort of thing. Exactly. Yeah. Right. So Those guys will stick better when you get like generally better games. 
that was the whole point with the, the two divisions is mm-hmm. you know we're, there's there's room for both type of players in, in Scotland right they really want to win and drive for championships and mm-hmm. the ones that just want to come out and have fun and play baseball right so, so you're players. having like a little bit of a snowball effect getting like uh, better players I assume at some point you get guys who like maybe their friends also play yeah at like a similar level that's it yeah they compete in UK championships as well so mm-hmm. that's that's the ultimate goal for us I know you just said you want to compete for UK championships, but I guess for baseball in Scotland as a whole, like the baseball culture, you know, what would you like to see happen? Just, the, I suppose, keep on this trajectory that we're on, that we are raising the level of play. We're getting more people playing the game. Uh, hopefully we get a few more clubs starting up in different parts of the country. More fields to play on is always a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, and hopefully we can start generating some proper sponsorship to develop some of the some of the talents that we have got here just need a little bit of extra coaching and we've had offers from some coaches uh, over over in the states to come over if we can just help them air fair they'll happily come over and pay their own digs and stuff but we can't even offer them help with that just yet so right. so has has that happened at all have you had any you know professional college level coaches or anything a while back we had a couple come over but um as of yet, we've not had any recently. Um, there's there's one in particular, Joe Spelly. He's really keen to come over and help. He's actually helped a couple of our players who have been over in the States. Uh, one's actually over just now, <laughs> training with him. Okay. <laughs> uh, he's really good. Um, but he's he's hoping to come over at some point. Uh, but if we can just help, help with the, the costs of that, that'd be good. So by generating a higher level of play, we hope to generate some more sponsors, which brings extra income, which means we can then afford to bring these guys over mm-hmm. and coach our players and then just reach that next again level. You know, so that's the, that's the goal here. <laughs> Somebody like me, like, what can I do to help? You know, can I, is there somewhere to donate? Can I send equipment? You know, that kind of thing. Uh, yeah, I mean, the easy thing to do is reach out to Baseball Scotland on social media. Um, we will happily take any donations at all of equipment. Mm-hmm. The, the import costs do literally cripple us. I mean, we were just looking at baseballs to play the league this year, and it was something three hundred and fifty pounds just for game balls to play. I mean, and we're only using three balls a game, right? Yeah. <laughs> we've really got to try and uh, save as much money as we can because we're player funded. Yeah, the membership fees, and then of course on top of that, you've got insurance, your uniform costs, your glove, your bat. Everything that's it all piles up, so we are yeah. happy with any any donations and any money right. or equipment. But we do also have the all, all the teams are able to sell merch if you contact the teams directly. There's no online store yet, but if you reach out to one of our teams, they'll happily send you over a, a cap and a jersey, I think, for some some monetary. Right. <laughs> do you just reach out on like Facebook Messenger or something or is there a website to go to to find the teams and like take a look at the hats, you know, that kind of thing? The best way is just reach out on social media, Baseball Scotland on Facebook or Twitter. And okay. um, the teams we have in Edinburgh, it's the Edinburgh Cannons, the Edinburgh Diamond Devils, the Edinburgh Knights. There's Glasgow Galaxy, Glasgow Comets, Tapeport Breakers and Aberdeen Baseball Club with the Granite City Oilers. Now these um, names sound like they would yield themselves to good merch, you know? Yeah. Like, I like the sound of the galaxy. That that you, was my first. You can't go wrong with the knights. You know what I mean? That's <laughs> not, you know, the knights, New Jersey's when they get finally revealed, uh, it's something spectacular. Yeah. But uh, right now, it's, it's, I think the most beautiful jersey we've got in the league belongs to the Glasgow Comets. 
What team do you play for? Uh, I used to play for the Edinburgh Giants, but since I stepped down, that team have now they're transitioning to a juniors team. Okay. <laughs> to try and generate the next crop of generation sport. of uh, Scottish Scottish <laughs> talent. Okay, right, so you're you're more of a uh, you're more of a talent builder. I try to be. <laughs> okay. Well, look, it's again having done like the whole run a league thing myself uh you need somebody who's going to go out there and find people because uh i'm sure especially in scotland uh they're not just going to come out of the woodwork that often <laughs> no <laughs> so you do have to kind of go out there and find them and, and build yeah. them up so uh that's probably the most important role in something like uh scotland national baseball right now yeah. would be my <laughs> assumption anyway finding talent <laughs> So what are some things, you know, you might have in the works or just ideas that you have to, to sort of put Scottish baseball on the map? Uh, the next big thing we're planning is having three, as I mentioned before, they're not national teams, but we're going to try and call them national teams. Right. Uh, we're going to have one at each level. So a Scotland single A team, a Scotland double A team, and a Scotland triple A team that can then compete in tournaments in the rest of the UK. There'll be basically league, league all-star teams at that particular level. Um, and we're going to try and name some of them. So the only one we've got a name for, we've not decided which level it is yet, is the Scottish Werewolves. So we'll be creating merch and everything along with that. The reason we've called it the Werewolves name, is because uh, we're paying tribute to probably the, the person you'd call the grandfather of Scottish baseball. He's a, a former uh, Merchant Navy man from Battle Creek, Michigan. Uh, he's effectively known as Wolfie. He's been here for like 50 years. <laughs> He's put his heart and soul into baseball in this country. He was given the key to the city by the, the mayor of Battle Creek, Michigan in 2019. That's really? Yeah, he's a national treasure. <laughs> no. so that's, that's the name of the werewolves for him. But we're, we're needing names for the other two teams, so we're going to be launching little competitions and stuff to try and right. name the teams. And... Is it too cliché? to suggest like the claymores is that too cliche <laughs> we had this discussion when we were trying to name the Edinburgh Knights as the newest team this year right. uh, it was a, an old European football team oh uh, yeah wait we yeah, know they, about them NFL it's, Europe right yeah. yeah yeah that disaster so have you had any players go, actually go up into the Great Britain national team uh, it's, yeah I mentioned the uh, Ryan Control from the event under 23s in the summer and then Gabriel Rincones, uh, who was the the young starlet, <laughs> he right. played uh, the GB national team in the summer as well, um, the European Championships. If there's a player talented enough in Scotland, do you think he'll be able to make it into a major league system? I think so, yeah. Um, so when they get down to the GB level, especially under 18 and under 23, there is links to colleges there. Uh, they've got a lot of players that play in colleges that play for the GB team as well. Mm-hmm. So if the talent's there, I do believe it'll get spotted by someone that's that's paying attention. Because right. there's, there's got to be college scouts and stuff that go over to these these tournaments in Europe and stuff. Um, because we've, we've seen it with Irish players and other European players. Right, right. Slowly, they're slowly getting picked up by the major league draft system. So, so there's a little bit of a a guess on my part and i don't know how big cricket is in scotland but uh i assume that like 
if there's a, a big cricket base there, even a little bit, there's got to be some crossover in the like skill set, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, do you guys look to pull from like are, what are they called? Cricketeers? Is that <laughs> the right term? <laughs> I hope they are. I hope they are. Is that what they're called? <laughs> I have no idea. I've got kind of wanted to be the case. So, <laughs> uh, I feel like they're not called cricket players. I feel like they're called cricketers or cricketers. Cricketer, I don't know. Well, well, like, in Australia, they, they call them baseballers. They don't call yeah. them the important part of the question, though, is like, do you guys look at like cricket players? Like, we can fu- we can turn these guys into baseball players a little more yeah. easily than like just some guy soccer yeah, player. Absolutely, yeah. Right. yeah, yeah. Football. Oh uh, yeah, football by far. Right. people up. <laughs> right. There's definitely a crossover. Um, mm. especially, especially the throwing arm. That's that's the big one. I Never believe that. Throw, I so. believe that. Yeah. Somebody throwing uh I, I imagine cricket bowlers could probably make for pretty good pitchers without a whole lot of changes. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so, doesn't make much. <laughs> yeah. What got you into baseball? Because I can't imagine being like you know, living in Scotland and somehow discovering baseball. So, like, I want to know, like, what got you to the point where you are? What made you the man you are today? Paul? <laughs> hey, it's a strange story. So, when I was uh, a student, as you can probably tell just now, I mean, my time here, it's 10 past 11 at night. Um, right. I'm, a bit, I'm a bit of a night owl. So, I would usually get home for the pub or whatever, and I'd stick on TV and there'd be a baseball game on. Mm-hmm. It's fascinated me. I, I took great joy in watching the pitchers, especially throw the ball, and you know, I was I enjoyed watching it. Um, but I could I could never pick a team because there was no the, there was a lot of Yankees games on, obviously. But right, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> but yeah. it, it was hard to pick a team to follow because we only got the random games. And then about. 13 or 14 years ago, I did a, a rally down the East Coast in a $500 car. The starting point was meant to be New York, but it ended up being in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. So we had a baseball game, and I said, there, the team that wins this game is going to be my team to follow. Mm-hmm. And it was Philadelphia. That was that was a good year to pick that, to be a Phillies fan. <laughs> yeah, that was well, back when the Phillies were really good. Yeah, it was the, the year after the World Series win, which uh, was good. <laughs> Oh man, they were good that year too. Yeah, yeah we can we kind of missed those years over here in Philly. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's been it's been a while. It's been a yeah. while. I actively long for being that excited about the Phillies. <laughs> like I remember sitting there when the Phillies would be like down in the eighth inning. You know, it's like five three or whatever. And I remember sitting there and being like, "You can't count this team out. Like the, yeah, the Phillies it. are legitimately good at making comebacks." Nowadays, yeah. it's more like, oh, their bullpen's going to give up six runs in the top of the ninth. So, like, I think the game I went to see, it was, it was Halliday that was pitching. Uh, oh, and good yeah. choice. I, I, oh. I went from being a guy who was who enjoyed watching baseball to being an absolute fan of baseball, just in that one game. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, was, it was a masterclass. I loved every second of it. Yeah, yeah, so sell out crowd. We went to the, the bar underneath Citizens Bank Park, and uh, because we had Scottish accents, we were treated like royalty. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was just a great, a great experience, and that made me fall in love with the ball club and the sport. That's the origin story. Yeah, that's the origin story. <laughs> so then how did that translate over to Scotland? Like, how did you get involved in your home country? I came back from that trip, and uh, I tried to organise a company softball game for the business I worked for. 
mm-hmm. and I was put in touch uh, by Edinburgh Council with the Edinburgh Baseball Club since you know they felt softball and baseball kind of matched and then that's how I got involved in the baseball club I went along I was invited down for a practice uh, I was decent-ish okay. <laughs> uh, right. and of course with the mission statement everybody can play I got an opportunity <laughs> right. went from playing in the Edinburgh Giants team to then managing the Edinburgh Giants team and then from managing the Edinburgh Giants team I went to running the league so a slow progression from there. So you're you're kind of like the ultimate grassroots president then, right? Yeah, I like to think so. Right. Okay. <laughs> well, listen, I mean, yeah. Again, there's a lot of similarities between this and like you know, uh, like the league that I helped run for a long time. Like it really is kind of like it's almost entirely passion based. Yeah. Because they're like you know, I was running a men's league and there there's no money in that. You know, you you're not do do, you're not doing that because you're getting caught a fat check at the end oh. of the year. You're doing it because you love the game, and uh, you know that. I think that I think that we've established that you love the game a lot, um, especially <laughs> since you're you're trying to bring it overseas, which is something I never tried. So you know, it, it, you got a you got something special going on over there. Let's let's put it that way. So, Paul, is there anything you would like people to know about baseball in Scotland that? I haven't thought to ask. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. We are, we're a passionate bunch, as, as Tom said. I mean, the whole reason we do this is because we love the sport. Um, There's one of the things that was mentioned by the coaches of the AAU when they came over. They came over twice back to back because they loved their passion for the sport. I mean, we take a grass field and turn it into a baseball field every Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, that kind of stuff it's it's really worth paying attention, I think, to to the Scottish League and the British League as a whole. It's a, a growing movement. Okay. <laughs> um, and you know, we're we're starting to stream games, we're starting to really get yeah, where, uh, can people find that? where can people find it? Right now it's on our social media pages, um, especially the Facebook page. We stream the games through Facebook, it's through a, a French company's system. Uh, we, we we streamed our postseason final last year. Okay. So, so just no, we gotta watch one of those, by the way. We do, we do. Uh, we should have like a, a live uh baseball Scotland, right? On Facebook. Yeah, baseball Scotland on Facebook. Yeah. Okay. Um so yeah, it's, it's it's a a growing league. Hopefully we'll be streaming a lot more games coming up. Absolutely. Uh, and yeah, just keep an eye on us. <laughs> mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know what the worst part about this is? Now, if I ever find myself in Scotland, I have to bring my baseball stuff with me. Absolutely. This ball. Um, if if because I was thinking about this the other day, I got a bunch of balls lying around the house and like old like fungo bats and stuff that I'm never going to use. And honestly, kids around here don't really need because you can go to the sporting goods store and buy buy yeah. a buck of balls for like a couple bucks. But in Scotland, that's like gold, like you said. If, if, you know, if people, you know, let's say I go to my mom's house and my aunts and everything, I collect up all the balls and everything I get. Can I hit you, hit up Baseball Scotland and say, hey, I got all the stuff. I'll send it to you. Can you cover the, you know, the, the shipping costs or whatever? Like, is that something that you guys are, you know, okay with? Yeah, we've actually got, we've got a, a hookup um, with a, one, of the, one of the guys that's on the Ball Caps and Bagpipes podcast he mentioned earlier. He's yeah. got a, a hookup for his business um, of baseball memorabilia, basically. Uh, so you can help out with some of the shipping arrangements. Really? If it's possible, you know? Okay. So if people have stuff lying around, they can give to you. They can basically send it to you for free. Is what we're saying. 
Absolutely, yeah. We will shout out any business or <laughs> person that needs right. <laughs> uh, that's sending us over stuff as a thank you. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. So for everybody that's listening, Baseball Scotland on Facebook, just message Paul, see if you can set up, you know, sending some stuff over. Like I'm thinking right now in my head about a couple of bats that I have. Yeah. <laughs> unfortunate and like some balls i'll send you some philly stuff too i got like a jamie moyer autograph ball it's all yours oh uh, dude so anyway uh yeah whoever's listening hit up paul on baseball scotland send them some stuff it'll uh it'll go to a good cause and the way that i yeah. think about it paul is i could give it to my nephew and he'll break it you know what i mean right. <laughs> four years old he'll break a baseball bat or he'll play baseball for a couple times and they'll go this is stupid because he's an american kid he'll go it's boring you know what I mean? Or, or it's, if he likes it, he can just get better stuff. That's true. Like or if he likes it, it's cheap enough here. If I send you stuff, that's teaching people that don't know what baseball is, how to play baseball. And that's a noble goal. You know what I mean? Instead right. of going to your four-year-old nephew, you'd go to a, right. a four-year-old Scotsman who will likely break yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So let me ask you this, Paul. Have your efforts, you know, in baseball Scotland and, and you know, playing these, these games – I don't want to say pick up games because that's not really the right word. But, you know, these – um semi-formal i guess right uh, amateur games. amateur games thank you yeah. has that translated into any interest in major league baseball do people in you know do people that you know do they start watching major league baseball now or do they just like going out on a saturday morning and play it's it's usually the other way around they've got interest in major league baseball so they then come and play okay oh all right yeah that makes How a lot of sense in Scotland get into major league baseball I, I think it's like the same way i did it's just Seeing it, seeing it late night TV or mm. going on holiday to America and catching a game and getting that, that baseball fever. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, have a, we have a lot of Blue Jays fans in Scotland. Oh, I like <laughs> the Blue Jays. I wonder why. <laughs> this is ties to Canada. There's a lot of Scottish people who emigrated to Canada and mm-hmm. family over there. So they're going to catch a, a, a Blue Jays game. Um, and for their better days, the, the Rays get a lot of attention as well because of holidays to florida so right <laughs> okay but you get the odd twins fan you're like who the hell are you a twins fan yeah, yeah the rays <laughs> and the blue jays are, are good outreach teams though at least in yeah. my opinion because the blue jays have been a lot of fun when they're good yeah. and uh the rays are the rays are kind of like the i don't want to call them the thinking fans team but like they're sort of like kind of yeah i actually see that they're the scrappiest team in the league because their payroll's like eight dollars you know, but they're so good at what they do that they manage to be competitive anyway. Everybody loves Moneyball and the rookie and that kind of thing. I mean, everybody loves an underdog. And the Rays, it's their owner's fault because he's cheap. But they are an underdog. With the guys on the field, yeah. are underdogs, and it's it's fun. It's fun to watch. So you're right. Let me ask you this, Paul. When Major League Baseball, I know they've done it in the past, and I think they scheduled it for the next couple of years to do a couple of series in London. And also in Paris, which is cool too, but that's a separate issue. Mm-hmm. Um, but when they schedule uh, games in London, do you or anybody else that you know go? Or does, does that, I guess what I'm asking is, does that sort of spike any interest in Scotland or the UK in general? Yeah, I think it did. After the the Yankees and Red Sox series in London, uh, probably half of the Scottish League went down to those games. Really? <laughs> yeah, I was down there you, for the three days. I got in the day before for the batting practice as well. Um, that's so cool. And it was, yeah, it was, it was different. Uh, to mm-hmm. call them regular games is a bit... I mean, they're so high-scoring and so long. And it's probably the hottest it's ever been in the UK for that weekend as well. <laughs> I remember just 
sweating a lot. <laughs> yeah, really. It was it was so it was it was really fun. It was great to see on on UK soil. Um, the, the 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 teams put a lot of uh, effort into the local area in London, mm-hmm. um, and they worked closely with BSUK, which is the sports development agency here in the UK. And because it was on TV and in the press, we did get a lot more people inquiring about playing up and down the country. I think if you were to tally it up, I think maybe maybe got like fifteen new players across the league. That's, awesome. Yo, that's a combo. That's a whole team. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's awesome. So I would I would assume that the future series, because I think they schedule three or four more, right, in the next five mm-hmm. years. I would assume that's only going to do more to help uh, baseball in the UK, right? I hope so. Yeah. I mean the. Yeah, there's there's a lot of stuff went on in the background as well that I'm probably not allowed to discuss <laughs> for legal right. reasons, but non-disclosure and such. But um, there's MLB's done a, a little bit more for British baseball um, off the back of these as well. So that's, that's great. Good. That's got to be cool. Like you know, yeah. like to me, like if I was over there, that's like a once in a lifetime thing. Like yeah, absolutely. listen, I like baseball. I live in Scotland. The Yankees and the Red Sox are coming to London. I'm also going to London. <laughs> yeah. Like you're on the phone with your boss. Like I'm not taking no for an answer. I need off that day because you know it. That was the first time they went over there, right? Like yeah. this is a very new thing. So yeah, I mean, there's there had to have been like the the possibility that it wasn't going to happen again. So it's got to be like, nope, I'm going. Like, yeah. That was that was definitely the the mindset. I mean. And they announced the Cubs Cardinals there uh, for 2020 as well. Mm-hmm. And COVID also ruined that. Right. Um, right. We we in the UK thought that was it. But that's that's a chance gone. They'll probably go somewhere else next year. So when they announced the Cubs Cardinals coming back in 2023, and this strange home run X thing that they're showcasing across Europe mm-hmm. and, other, and other countries, yeah. that's also going to happen this year. And I know there's a lot of interest in it just because it's it's baseball right it's, it's, it's MLB doing something baseball related in the UK so the, the MLB community of fans here in the UK are still excited about it even though it's not an actual game right it's pretty good to see and it's got to be it's like the World Series though like like <laughs> drop everything home run X is coming yeah. <laughs> not quite there but yeah <laughs> let me ask you so let me ask you another question Paul uh, I don't know if you're involved with the Great Britain national team at all, but the World Baseball Classic qualifiers are coming up, right? And I don't think Great Britain is involved this time, but they've been involved in the past. And like you said, they're sort of on the fringes of being a qualifier yeah. team. Let's say a few years down the line, uh, they end up making it to the World Baseball Classic. What do you think that does for baseball in, in the UK? I think it'll be a, a, a wonderful thing. I mean, if... I know it's, it is the goal for the GB national team to get there. It absolutely is. That's that's the that is the mission. Uh, I know the head coach is he's so focused on doing it, but not only doing it, but doing it with players that were originally at some point based in Britain. Um, you know, rather than just pulling people with a British passport from some club in the states, he's he's trying to do it from players that were at least homegrown a little bit before they went off to better coaching. Um, right. It was great to see. Uh, the whole the whole GB mindset is is so positive. And I do believe they will make the qualifiers um, hopefully next year. You know, they'll, 
qualify for the qualifiers. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> Wonderful. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that would be awesome. Yeah. So, uh, are you involved with uh, Great Britain, uh, Great Britain baseball, the Great British national team? Wow, no, no, no. Are you involved with the Great Britain national team at all? <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm, I've, I've not got any links to that at all. Um, no, no, not at all. No. <laughs> all right. So you're just a fan at that point. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, to listen, but, you know, I I think it's probably safe to say that Great Britain's success is your guys' success in this uh, field. So, I'm, yeah, I, you have a connection in that sense, that if they start making qualifiers and playing well, I mean, you guys, you said you got 15 new players when the Yankees and the Red Sox went over. Even if you got, like, 10 new players, like, again, that's almost an entire team. Like that's not a small addition at all, you know. Yeah. So yeah, uh, having the GB guys on the on the world stage would definitely help British baseball. And yeah, as part of that, yeah. Scottish baseball. Right, the, the knock-on effect, so to yeah. speak. Yeah, absolutely. So, what do you think is the most important thing that that we, you know, as Americans or wherever people are that are listening, what do you think is the most important thing that we can learn talking to you about baseball in? Scotland and the UK. Like, what do you think is the biggest takeaway here? Uh, just that the game is played in other mm-hmm. places um, to uh, a relatively high standard as well. Uh, we're we're getting better. We're getting more people playing. It's not just in the UK. It's right across Europe. Um, some of the talent that's coming out of these places is going to surprise people. I think it's definitely worth the attention if you're a baseball fan. Yeah. Absolutely. So are there any uh, young Scottish or, you know, English players too that you think people should keep their eye on? Yeah, as I say, Gabriel Rincones, uh, keep an eye on him in the draft next year. Uh, Ren Quantrill, he's a, a young star that we've got. And there's a kid called Connor Smith. He's currently over in the States training with uh, Joe Sperley in Arizona. So he's coming okay. back now. <laughs> okay. So those are big three. That's the big three, yeah. Okay. All right. Well, that's. I want to like. I want to go play baseball, Scotland. Like, (laughs) if I didn't have anything better to do, and I could just get a ticket and go over there, I'd be like, "Hey, how many games you guys playing?" Oh my gosh, how much fun! How much fun would that be? Yeah. So, all right. Hopefully, we can see those three guys, or and you know, one of them at least in the big leagues someday. That'd be that'd be super cool. So, all right, Paul. Thanks for coming on. Um, Yeah. Thank you so much, man. If if people can help, or even just want to, you know, show support or 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 check out your games on streaming, uh. Uh, baseball Scotland on Facebook, right? Anywhere else? Hey, baseball Scotland on Twitter as well, hey, and I believe we have an Instagram somewhere by our, by our social media manager. All right, so <laughs> Facebook and Twitter are the big ones. When does your season start? Yeah. Hey, we started at the beginning of April. Oh, hey, okay. So you guys are in season. Yeah, this this weekend is going to be week three. And how yeah, long? We play right up until the end of August before the postseason's in September. Okay, so it's a nice long seat. All right, so everybody should go check it out on Baseball Scotland on, on Facebook. Um, and yeah, if anybody can help with donations or anything, that's the place to go. Yeah, absolutely. All right, you, you've been great, Paul. Thanks for, is there anything yeah. else you want to yeah, say? Thank that we you so much, dude. No, thanks for having me on. It's been, All right, it's been thank, so thanks for coming on the show, Paul. It was a really awesome conversation. We're de- we'll definitely have Paul on again to talk about baseball in Scotland and the UK. I really enjoyed it, Tom. How about you? Uh, dude, it was frankly it was even more interesting than i expected it to be especially because as i'm sure you guys noticed 
there were a lot of things that I could relate to in my experience as like an amateur baseball player. Baseball Scotland really kind of sounds like, you know, it has a great deal in common with the amateur baseball experience. So to me, you know, it sounded like what would be happening. Like if I was trying to make like a national team, it would be like, Hey, you know, listen, we gotta, we gotta build this from the ground up. You know, when big stuff happens that drives interest in baseball, that's when we're going to get players. Like there was a lot for me to, I don't want to say sink my teeth into because that sounds weird, but uh, say it, say it. Uh, there was a lot for me to sink my teeth into, Ethan. Um, so I, I found it, it, I knew it was going to be interesting, but I didn't know that it was going to be so relatable. Let's put it that way. It was, it was super cool. And, and he's also just an average guy. He's just a regular guy. This isn't something that we, we asked him about and we should have, but I remember the last time I talked to Paul, um, he told me that he was some sort of, I'll have to ask him, but he was some sort of uh, like sewage waste, like consultant, like manager, like that was his job. Like he like worked right. with like the sewer system and he's just a dude that likes baseball. And so he got involved. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like that's like me or you getting involved. Like it's not, you know, a guy who went to school and got some sort of sports management degree or business degree. And this is just another job on his like climb of the corporate ladder. This is a guy who loves baseball and want to get involved. And he did, and he's making it happen. And that's, that's yeah. awesome. So again, it's also, it's a little bit of a weird throwback to like the dead ball era too. Cause you would have those guys who were like, and they're like, yeah, this is Heine Manish. She's the finest third baseman in the entire league. Over here in the American Association, we got Heine Manish, and then it turns out, like during the day, he's like a crane operator. Yeah, yeah, the kind of guy is like, oh, you want to know how I get? Because now it's like, oh, this kid went to this prep school and then he played on this travel team. Back then, it was like, you want to know how this kid got such strong wrists, you know, so he could hold back on a check swing. He milked cows for twelve hours a day. Yeah, I want to talk about how guys in like the twenties, it would be like, yeah, you won the MVP, so you got like, you know, you got two years supply of beef for free. <laughs> yeah, instead exactly. of like like nowadays you get like you know they're like oh you get this car and uh you know <laughs> you're gonna get a merch deal and back then it was like hey you don't have to pay for you know uh canned beans for the next <laughs> six yeah, years you know, what it, you know what it was too now it's like you win all-star game mvp they go out and they buy you a new camaro or something back yeah. then back then it was like oh great job winning the mvp you get free lima beans for life courtesy of this team's owner giving you a gift you know what i mean like yeah or like they had be like you know buford's cannery has agreed to give the sorry i have to i feel like i have to put the voice on like buford's cannery has agreed to give the winner the most valuable player award a year's supply of kidney beans you know that you know the other guy is looking at like vin scully in the tv being like wow what a gift vin i'll tell you you know what i mean yeah, that, like, that's gonna what? be a hotly debated one because yeah boy what i wouldn't something. give for a free free supply of lima beans vin yeah, i'll tell you all 18 players out on the field today they're gonna be fighting their hardest to win this prize. yeah dude you know in like the 30s like everybody was like they're sitting there and they're like, that guy, that's that scallywag Babe Ruth keeps winning these awards. He's got enough money to buy beans anytime he wants. Yeah, you can buy a truckload of kidney beans. He doesn't need that. Yeah, you, you know, Mel Ott was sitting there like in, in the offseason. He's hungry and he's like, if only I won MVPs. Yeah, I should call up Babe, get some of those free Brussels sprouts. Yeah, yeah, Babe Ruth's over there. It's, it's, Babe Ruth, one of the most charmed lives of all time once he became a major league player, by the I mean, way. It was, but then he also died at like 45. It's like, yeah, that's- <laughs> yeah he, he lived hard. 
I was it. And then he died on his own terms. And he really packed a lot into like less than 50 years on this earth. Babe Ruth Babe did like the funniest stuff in the world. He would put, I think this wasn't exclusive to him, but I think Babe Ruth would like soak cabbage leaves in like cold water and like put them under his hat when he went out to play the outfield because it was like hot out. That's like, that so kind of, old. That's like a Civil War thing. Also, like if you ever like for like it's already hilarious because the footage is sped up because it's from like 1910. But watching yeah. Babe Ruth run the bases is like watching me run the pacer. You know what I mean? Like, dude, Babe Ruth is so funny. Dude, it's, I like that. Like, he literally like it's almost like he got good at hitting home runs because he didn't want to run the bases. Like, exactly. It was, like, yeah. it was like I got two choices: I can run the bases or I can walk the bases. Like it's so, it's so much fun watching like old Babe Ruth stuff though because like baseball now is just these like super well trained super well fed like you know like baseball players that's their full oh, they're just they're all jacked and if you go back like fifty years there were guys you know like Boog Powell or something who were like they're country strong you know they like they look yeah. like they pulled a tractor by themselves well you know until they were eighteen years old but dude back then it was literally just dudes. You know what I mean? It was just yeah, guys I, say, rolled, I think like there were you know there was no training. It was just guys that rolled out of bed one morning and were like, I think I'll give baseball a crack, you know. <laughs> like Yeah, they they were gonna swing in a baseball because because he chopped wood for a living and uh and that's why he invented the axe handle. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you, uh, you know it would no, it'd be worse than that. It would be like uh it'd be like, Oh, every every Sunday afternoon he spent on the banks of the Susquehanna beating out mm-hmm. laundry with his mother. That's how he got his stresses. Yeah. Yeah, and that's where his forearm strength. Yeah, that's where from. his stroke came. From. That's where his beautiful yeah. level swing. Came. Dude, can we talk about how what what we're talking about at its core? What we're saying is that the number of oves in baseball, the number of people who you would describe as an oaf, oh. has been trending down for years. And it's a damn shame, Tom. It like, really like, is. Dude, just- I was wearing my Adam Dunn jersey the other day, yeah. and I was like. Where's today's Adam Dunn? Like, is it yeah, like Miguel like, Sano? Like, I feel like the biggest equivalent is like Sano, maybe like Joey Gallo. But the, I mean, Sano is like a he's like a beefy guy. But Sano, you could tell, is like a very muscular person who just right. has like a little bit of little bit of padding. You Sano know? is somebody who I might describe as country strong, arguably an oaf. He, he is he is oafish, but he's got dude. Like, go look at a picture of Boog Powell. You know what I mean? Go look at oh, picture, absolute look at picture, like Frank Howard. You know what I mean? Like these guys yeah. from like like they played on like the Washington Senators. You Dude, know, like John Crook. Like yeah. You know. Oh yeah. <laughs> All right, John Crook is a national treasure. And I'll tell you why. He showed he went. It was in the Phillies booth a couple of days ago, and right. I forget what he said, but he was talking with Tom McCarthy about something, and he just had it completely wrong. You know what I mean? Like, let's go because this pitcher did this or whatever. And Tom McCarthy very nicely was like, "Oh, I think it was actually the other way around." And Crock out of nowhere just goes, "Man, I got to start coming into work sober." And I was like crying, laughing. Crock, Crock's amazing. That um, level of honesty is really difficult so to find it, in media in general. Anybody listening, if they're not from around here and they don't get blacked out, when you're watching MLB TV, please watch the Phillies. If it's Ruben Amaro or Ben Davis or whatever, they're like, fine, don't worry about it. But if you can get a John Cruck game, you got to watch it. He's really become our Hawk Harrelson. You know what I mean? I think he's more the heir to Gary Matthews. Oh, Gary Matthews is a good one. So when we were growing up, right, uh, Gary Matthews was the color commentator. Well, one of the color commentators. Sarge. Sarge. Sarge Matthews. Now, he was an ex Philly. He, he was a pretty good player. But what he became known for was he just had these weird expressions <laughs> for everything. Like, 
I think it was Ralph Kiner said something about how like, you know, like, oh, singles hitters drive Buicks, home run hitters drive Cadillacs. Right. This is back when people actually cared about Cadillacs as opposed to now. And Sarge started calling when somebody hit a home run, he started calling it Cadillac time. He would just stream of conscious. He would be like, he gets the knob around. He's got his arms extended. He hits that ball and it's going to go. It's Cadillac time, baby. <laughs> he was so, so much character. My favorite thing that he ever said, I think it was Todd Helton. They were playing the Rockies in cores and Todd Helton was just beaten up on the Phillies. And he right. said Todd Helton swing sounded like percolating coffee. <laughs> What is that? I have no idea. Percolating coffee? It's like the funniest thing you've it's so good. Oh my gosh, dude. It's kind of like I feel like Gary Matthews is kind of like if you took Joe Morgan and he was actually entertaining because he has the same like references where you're like, I don't know what you're talking about. Folksy wisdom. (laughs) Yeah, but like the the difference with like Joe Morgan would go out there and be boring, and he was paired with John Miller, who's actually like a good broadcaster. When they were doing the Giants for a while, they also had is it Dwayne Kuyper is the Giants guy who's also really entertaining. Yeah, they're both and then you got Joe Morgan just talking about like, yeah, you know, I used to play with this guy, uh Sean Combs. B Diddy. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, like he would just pull these guys out and then you would look them up and you're like, this guy's terrible. Why is he talking about how good this guy is? And then he would just, if any of you guys are familiar with Fire Joe Morgan, the uh, old sports blog, it was written by the guy who wrote for The Office, Michael Shore. Hilarious blog, by the way. And he would always go off on Joe Morgan and how he, the thing he valued more than anything else was people who were consistent. So he would look at like Albert Pujols and he'd be like, it's just, he tries to hit too many home runs. You need hey, to, look, freaky. You know you need to look at somebody like Nafi Perez because he's consistent. You know, Nafi Perez was terrible. Nafi Perez. He doesn't clog the bases. That's true. Yeah. Oh, that was another one. Yeah. Dude, like I was listening Thomas. to, dude, I was, I was watching, <laughs> I was watching a Tigers game the other day. Okay. Okay. Miguel Featuring Cabrera. Spencer Torkelson. Miguel Cabrera is not particularly good anymore, right. but it's the Tigers. Like, they have worse hitters. You know what I mean? Right. And I was watching a Tigers game, and I don't remember who was up. I think it was Austin Meadows or something. Was up. And it was like, a, there was one out, and whoever the commentator was, it was somebody that I didn't recognize. Mm. It was one of those young guys who wants to be old. You know, you know how there's a lot of those in baseball? Oh, yeah. A lot of oh, 30-year-old yeah. commentators who talk like, they're like A-Rod does this. They, they're like 30 years old, and they talk as if they're 80, because they want to, like, be part of the baseball, like, old man club. what so they come out and they talk about how like yeah you gotta be choking up, up on the bat and stuff and it, it, they're like 45 years old anyway right. this guy whoever it was i'll have to look it up he's talking about it and he goes you know i wouldn't mind seeing the runner on first steal here because you know ideally you get a runner in a scoring position but uh you know if he gets thrown out there was like two strikes on on meadows he goes if he gets thrown out and it's strike him out throw him out double play that's not the worst thing in the world because then you can have Miguel Cabrera lead off next inning instead of hitting now. And, you know, clock, you know, he, he kind of clogs with the bases. He doesn't run very well. Yo, that's actually just, it's just wrong. That like, like hurt my brain. Like, yeah, why I, would you be like, you know what I'm really hoping for here is getting two outs on the same. Yeah. Play. I want extra outs so that I can start next inning in a theoretically more advantageous position. First of all, that's stupid to begin with. Like your idea that yeah. that's a better way to start the inning. 
Dude, also, that, how does Miguel Cabrera not clog the bases when he leads off the ex- inning? Exactly. But also, <laughs> more important than that, you love him or hate him. I feel like analytics have definitely taught us that the most important thing in baseball is outs. Like, yeah, conserving your outs is the most important thing you can do. That's why nobody bunts anymore. You know I mean, that's not what nobody sacrifices unless it's with a pitcher. Well, and because- people, people still do these things, but they've used the analytics and they get to a point where they know, like, okay, we are going to do this yeah. where it's worth the out. Yeah, this is know? the time to do it, right. Like, if the pitcher's batting, he's going to get out anyway, so you might as well make the most of it. If right. If you have, like, you know, if you go out there and you're having some elite hitter, right, like, oh, let's have Bryce Harper bunt, it's like you're just wasting everybody's time. Right. No. It's 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 rough. Anyway, I just want to get that off my chest. Thank you guys for listening to the baseball podcast. Uh we hope you guys enjoyed our time and your time really as fans with uh Paul Convoy. And a huge thank you to Paul Convoy for coming Absolutely. on the show. Paul, we'd love to have you on again. I hope everybody enjoyed hearing the chat. And one more time, if you guys want to reach out, baseball Scotland on Facebook or Twitter. Go, go show them some love. Even just click, you know, click like on their page and everything. So that way you can check it out once they start streaming their games you know, you know, go watch them. So anyway, thanks again to Paul Convoy. It was a great chat and we'll look forward to seeing you guys next time. All right. Until then, uh, this is baseball podcast and, uh, we're signing off.